full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome to Where We Landed. We are here again this week to share with you the great stuff that is happening in our community and allow you to meet fun individuals that are here in Grant County. I am Alicia Hazelwood, and I am joined with our co-host, Scott Miller. Hello. And Kylie Jackson. Hey, everybody. We're excited to have you back, Kylie, after a few weeks off. So we are going to get into it today because I'm excited to learn more about our guest. All right. And before we do that, I've got a question for everybody just to get us warmed up this morning. So my question is this, which living person do you admire most? And I'm going to go with Kylie Jackson out of the gate here. Oh, wow. Living person that you admire I think I actually know one person that Kylie would admire a lot, but it'll be interesting to hear if it matches up with what she actually says. Maybe you want to give me a hint? (laughs) That's not how it goes. Initials are JV. (laughs) (laughs) I do admire Joey Votto a lot, a lot. (laughs) I don't know that that's, well, I guess it's admire in a different way. (laughs) Admire, like, I think we would be best friends if he would just like- yeah. Answer my Instagram messages. <laughs> he, he doesn't know what he's missing. We need to tag him in today's episode. <laughs> oh, I've tagged him in many, many things. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, admire. Living admire. That's tough. That is a there's like tough lots question. of like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts of inspirational people. I read a lot of books. I admire a lot of people. Uh, and so I feel like any answer is going to not fully. <sighs> I might come back to you, Kylie. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, or I was going to say first person that came to your mind, but Alicia, do you have somebody that you'd Yeah. Mind? So I was kind of thinking initially, like with all your normals, like my parents, obviously, uh-huh. and my grandparents and stuff like that, but kind of the second person that came to my mind after my mom and dad was my godmother. And she um, was alongside my mom as military wives, raising young kids and kind of um, came from a real rough background and is probably one of the strongest, most amazing women that I know. And so um, I admire her for that strength and ability to overcome so much struggle in her life. So, yeah, that's awesome. Great answer. How about our guest today? Before we introduce you, I won't use any names. You might have to guess the voice. Yeah. Um, man, that's a tough one because the person that I really admire most outside of kind of family and uh, those normal answers would be my pastor in Philadelphia. Huh. Um, but he actually passed away a few years ago. So um, the the person that first came to my mind, and I'm kind of embarrassed that this is the answer, but uh, what came to my mind was Bono. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a little overdone sometimes with all of his stuff. But if you think about his career and his vision and the Mm -hmm. fact that he's been together with one band for so long, but he's used that platform to really try to affect change in a really massive way. Um, That's just what, that's an amazing answer. It's a great answer. Yeah. Scott. Oh, switching it up on me. I like it, Kylie. She's Um, in a take control mood kind of thing. The the, the person that I, I thought of, 
so and then I know you guys know a high school basketball coach or have been in the past and my uncle was a high school basketball coach and I really admired him and just how he impacted young people and kids and then kind of on a national level I I do a lot of reading and there's a leadership expert who is somewhat tied to this community even but John Maxwell so John Maxwell does a lot of leadership stuff I've been to some of his conferences and and I don't know him personally but I admire the types of things that he stands for, at least in his books and, and uh, in his public persona. So that would be mine. Great so just answer. to be clear, we got to come back to Kylie. Coming oh. back to Kylie. <laughs> um, I still don't have a great answer. I mean, there's like the, like very, you know, like the Dalai Lama, obviously, would be someone who I, you know, read all of his books and, uh, and the way that he moves through the world is like something that like I, you aspire towards, um, uh, someone in like a professional development sense. Um, we were just talking about Adam Grant. I think he's somebody who I really, um, value what he says about things. And, um, so that's a couple, I don't know. Dalai Lama is a really good one. Adam Grant too. Those are good. Hey, thanks. Good people to admire, Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> we don't like, I don't love those. We talk about this all the time. I, I don't like questions with absolutes. Like, so there's not just one. Right. I'll just keep thinking of answers that were better all day long and wish <laughs> that's we what we want. We <laughs> <laughs> he did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, now that I'm stressed out, I've got sweaty palms. Sweaty palms from trying to think of that answer. Uh, I have the pleasure of introducing today's guest. Our guest today is Ryan Kellermeyer. Ryan, oh. Say, yeah. So uh, Ryan is a, are you a Grant County native? You're from Summitville, right? So Grant County adjacent. Summitville and Fairmount. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So graduated from Madison Grant uh, in 1996, which we learned, um, and then left the community for a long time and has just recently come back. So excited to hear uh, your story and and all about your life here, your life away, and what's brought you back. So uh, welcome, Ryan, uh, glad Thank to have you. And you're a regular listener of the podcast. I so am. So you know that the first question is, how did you land here? So you can go into as much detail as you'd like. Um, tell us how you got here. Yeah, well, um, well, first, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I was I was born in Anderson, and uh, my family. I lived in Alexandria till I was about six. Went to I think Marie Thurston Elementary School for kindergarten, and uh, then we moved up to Summitville. Um, then my dad got tired of living next to a pig farm, and so we moved to Fairmount when I was um, just entering seventh grade. So went to Madison Grant Middle Middle School just down the road. We lived just outside of Fairmount, uh, right by State Road Nine. Um, and then after I graduated from high school, I went to college in Philadelphia and stayed there for 25 years. Um, very involved in a lot of things there, and um, you know would travel regularly back to Marion or Grant County. Um, and just um, over the years, as you age and your parents go through different things and the calculus starts to change a little bit. And my dad got sick um, with a, it was, he got an infection that was just part of a minor surgery, but the surgery was 
all very simple and easy, but the infection almost killed him. Mm. And uh, they had to, um, I mean, they called me back and said, hey, got to get here. It's pretty urgent. Um, and then that process, you know, he was ill for a couple years, just rebuilding his immune system after they had to get rid of all that infection. And so that really just kind of reprioritized a lot of things. And, um, you know, I started, I wrote him a letter on Father's Day and I said, you know, I'd love to come back and do some work with you at some point. And I had, I was working on a big project in Philly and I wanted, I needed a good couple of years to finish that up. And so I said, I thought maybe spring of 21 would be a good time. And so uh, summer of 2020, I got a phone call uh, from a gentleman that owns a business here in Marion asking me to come run that business. And, you know, it was pretty much just the perfect timing for everything that we thought about. And so Michelle and I made the decision to move here to Philadelphia or to Marion. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you went to college in Philadelphia and you were really involved. So what did you go to college for and how were you involved in that community? Oh man, uh, we don't have enough time probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I studied sociology. I went to a little college. It was called Eastern College. Now it's Eastern University because <laughs> they we, do that. We expanded our library or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I studied sociology there. Um, and then my freshman year, somebody invited me to church in the city. So Eastern is in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And um, I was invited to go to a church in the city. And that's, uh, I, I just really fell in love with that church and that community. Um, moved there during my college years just and I was commuting by subway and train about half an hour 45 minutes to get to my school um, and spent 25 years in that neighborhood um, after that and uh, I I genuinely couldn't tell you how many projects I've been involved in in that neighborhood but it's it's a long list um, the kind of biggest thing I was working on was I lived across the street I bought a house um, right across the street from a park that was an 87 acre park that had been neglected for decades. And, um, I had a DJ business, fun fact. <laughs> um, so I would often find myself walking my dog in that park at three in the morning. And I just would discover a lot of things that shouldn't be going on in public parks that also have a swimming pool and a rec center that kids are going to the next morning. Um, and there was a lot of, there were piles of broken glass and I just started getting agitated of, man, this park could be so great, but, um, it just didn't, uh, didn't really have the capacity to, to do everything it was meant to do. And parents wouldn't let their kids go there to play. And so, uh, we got together with some neighbors and, uh, started a whole movement to, to kind of renovate that park. And, uh, that was a big project. I think we ended up, I think we're that that project is probably now somewhere in the range of about $15 million worth of improvements <laughs> to that park. Um, and, you know, we've had in my, in my head, uh, success, you know, when you define what success looks like, I used to imagine, um, if people from the region would come to our park for some reason, that that would be to me an indicator that this is a really uh, great space. And so we were doing, uh, a, a mini triathlon there and we, and I have this map that to me is kind of like, uh, just my, but I like, did it right. Yeah, like, yeah. Where we have, you know, where did all the participants come from? And it's really from the whole tri-state region around uh, Philadelphia. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a great, it's a great resource to continue. They're continuing to improve it. Um, we worked with a lot of famous people to get it done. And it was a lot of fun. 
I want to say I asked that question because I know um, a little bit about you through Kylie because you live in her neighborhood. And I always describe it as her neighborhood because to me, she's like the the queen or president of that <laughs> neighborhood. No, I think um, it's Michelle and Ryan. So so you came in. You were there first. Um, <laughs> so you came in and you not only bought a house, but you also then ended up buying a vacant lot and started the community garden in that area and have been really a catalyst to that. That, um, already kind of boiling neighborhood growth that was taking place. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you were kind of the same way in Philadelphia and if that's just part of who you are. And 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, at that church, my pastor shared with me one time a quote uh, from a Dutch theologian by the name of Abraham Kuyper. He says, uh, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, that's is does not cry mine. And it's this idea that these neglected and, and difficult spaces that people think, you know, there's no, nothing good can come from there, that even those spaces are sacred ground and that they're, they're good, they're generative. They can, you know, people can really flourish there. And, um, and ultimately if you're a, a Christian, you, you know, God is sovereign over those places too. We often, Look, we we often characterize that as a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood, um, but to God, it's just all his his land, his his neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've always just kind of believed that it's the role of, of Christians and people of goodwill to um, kind of seek the best, seek the welfare of that neighborhood as much as you can. And so, yeah, when we came here and um, there was this lot for sale behind our house, you know, we kind of, I mean thought about what could we do here. And, uh, I have this idea of putting a, like a tiny house on a lot and seeing if we can get like a short-term rentals from the hospital or something like uh, traveling nurses or, you know, kind of like an Airbnb type of thing. Um, and that seemed complicated. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why that seems complicated. <laughs> and so, uh, we just thought, well, let's just see if anybody wants to garden. So we bought the lot and then we had a meeting and uh, honestly, I did not expect the, the responses that we've had. You know, we, I thought we'd have like a couple of little beds and, you know, I even, if in the first meeting I was like, you know, let's just get together and talk about it. And, you know, maybe we'll shoot to start this next summer, you know, next year, 2023. And people were like, no, let's just do it now. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's thriving. And, and is that how you met Kylie is in that Kylie. call out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came, I think you came to the very first meeting that we had. Yeah, the first or second. Uh, yeah, at your house. Yeah. Just went to a stranger's house and yeah. <laughs> I've come and watered the garden with Kylie. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and picked radishes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michelle and I, we walked around the neighborhood with flyers and met a lot of people. And you know, whoever showed up just kind of showed up. And I mean, we have like probably 30 or 40 people that are yeah. somehow or another involved in that garden. Yeah. I and think we had a, we had a little barbecue the summer and I think I counted yeah. uh, over 50 at one point during that, that yeah. party. So, uh, and has the infamous Ed Breen gotten involved in this party? <laughs> he is not. No, oh, uh, we need to get that happen. I know, you know, we call the, he calls the neighborhood Breen acres Yeah, Breen and, acres. and he's, and he's not even, I was going to say, if he's so. going to put his name on it, we need a game showing up. I know. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about the, the garden is we were at a, uh, a meeting with other community gardeners in the community, uh, folks from other 
different community gardens, I guess is the way to say that. Um, and we were going around and saying something we were proud of. And so like I said, like we just grew radishes, whatever. It got to Michelle, Ryan's wife, and she said, I'm proud that we tricked all of these people to become our friends. <laughs> and and I, I really like that that sentiment that, you know, we were, it was more about like building the community and like the gardening. Like even now we joke like, oh, we did all that work. Like now we actually get to like harvest things. Mm -hmm. There's like, there was a, a point to all of that. It wasn't just the the fun that we had you know, learning how to do it and planting and things like that. So, but that is interesting in this, in these conversations, we talk to people who have left and come back or who moved here and have been here for a long time. We always ask, how did you get to be a part of the community? What was that? You know, was it hard to find friends, stuff like that, but what an ingenious idea to trick people into being <laughs> your friends. Is that primarily the group of people that you would consider your friends? Cause I know you said you've only been here about a two years now that you've been back so i mean yeah there's i mean the people in the garden are a huge part of our life what's great is it, it you know it's next door it's behind our house so when we're in the backyard and someone's in the garden we hear noise and so we'll just go back there and chat with people and um and we've even you know kind of uh been able to recruit additional people who maybe at first were skeptical but then they're kind of nosing around a little bit and and then, you know, eventually they realize, hey, we're not that bad. And, it, you know, <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, we, we're constantly meeting new people and just diving deeper in conversation with the people that we've met through the garden. Um, and our other friends are pretty much church and, you know, other people that we just kind of know throughout the area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been huge for us. And I think that was the other piece from that meeting was that as, as people were going around talking about, you know, what they're proud of or what, what's been kind of impactful um it was a lot of it was like people don't really know each other in our neighborhood and so um you know again we went from knowing like zero neighbors to like at least 50 you know in one year um just through a garden and so yeah it was pretty great for us um we're kind of community type of people and um i mean yeah we were it was one of the challenges moving in was kind of like you know we don't really know anybody we're used to just kind of coming and going and being part of people's lives and then all of a sudden you know it's like well i, I recognize that person but i don't know their name and mm -hmm. and so now we're you know we know their names and uh, yeah it's pretty cool Eight, 18 months to 24 months in so that's a pretty significant project starting a community garden yeah. do you have your eyes on hey here's the next thing that i think would be great for yeah. grant county in this community that oh man he has so many ideas yeah. which is awesome He's like we're gonna need extra episodes <laughs> I, I just don't want to commit them to recording right uh, you know I, I literally do i've got uh, kind of in my head and even in my like google drive there are just so many like one pagers you know of different things so right now um i'm working with one of our neighbors that that i met through the garden the host of that big party she was talking about um, and another one of our neighbors who lives down the road, um, we are starting something called NeighborLink Grant County. So in Fort Wayne, this is an amazing, amazing project that has been going on for now, I think close to 20 years, where they've created this really robust digital platform to connect people who have needs with people who want to volunteer. And it's a pretty, um, in my view, it's very idealistic and doesn't sound like something that would work but it's working in Fort Wayne. Last year they did 1400 projects and they engaged about 2000 volunteers in the Fort Wayne area. So these are projects like um, someone's got a leaky faucet 
and they just need someone to come and fix that for them. Um, or they need some yard work, you know, you know, elderly person, can someone come and rake my leaves? Um, or it's even as simple as I just want someone to spend time with me. Like, you know, I don't have any relationships. And I mean, it's literally if you look on their website, you'll see those kinds of requests. Um, there are things like, could someone help me go to the grocery store? It's a lot of different things. It's, you know, there's, there could be roofing and electrical serious, like you got to have real skills to just need to be available. Um, and care about somebody. And so they're doing it. It's, it's very successful. Um, and just imagine that impact at scale. Like, what does that look like for a town like Fort Wayne? Um, and they're just down the road, right? I actually used, I licensed their code in Philly and we tried a similar project there. It didn't work quite as well. And um, in some ways it's just because of the neighborhood. I, I, I kind of think it was a lot about the neighborhood I was living in. Um, which was very, very high need and not a whole lot of resources. And um, just getting someone from outside to kind of care about our neighborhood is a bit of a challenge. But here in Marion, what I've understood, um, I think um, I, I think it was the Community Foundation. Someone had told me this idea that Grant County is like per capita, it's very high in poverty, also very high in generosity, right? So when I heard that, I just thought, man, that's like lightning in a bottle, right? Like if you've got high need and high capacity, forgiving, um, that there's something there that, you know, a tool that kind of brings those two trajectories together um, could probably be a beneficial thing. And the fact that we've got people who are already doing it just, you know, 45 minutes from here um, seems like it'd be pretty easy to, to replicate what they're doing. So yeah, we're going to launch that on Halloween on Spencer Ave. That's the plan. Um, as, you know, <laughs> as you know, we get about 1500 kids. And so we're going to plan if i can get around <laughs> to it the plan is to uh print off uh, raffle tickets to give away with candy and then those raffle tickets will be for if anybody who's listening wants to give me like a playstation a brand new playstation <laughs> i'm not kidding i'm serious um we want to raffle off something that kids really want and then in order to find out if you've won or not you're going to have to go to our website so um that'll get people that'll get eyeballs to it and just get the concept out there and then from there we'll just continue to, to grow hopefully you know so that's kind of a challenge it's a little bigger than starting a garden because this is like getting people to behave differently i've got a need let me go to this website i want to help let me go to this website those are a little more complicated than be a, you know grab a shovel and dig a hole yeah you know? um so i'm uh sort of pragmatic so i'm not like i don't want to be like super optimistic but at the same time i think that the what I've seen, even like I said, we're used to starting things in a hard place in Philly. And so even with this garden, like how quickly people just jumped in, you know, I think there's something here in Grant County that um, is really conducive to this kind of, a, of an effort. Where We Landed is sponsored today by KB Computers, located in the Boston Hill Center in Marion. When you find yourself in need of a computer repair, web services, or business IT, KB Computers is able to help. You will work directly with the local team that can meet your needs with amazing customer service. Open Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5.30, and Fridays, 9 to 5. The KB Computer team is ready to help. Just give them a call at 765-668-7700 or reach out to them via Facebook at facebook.com slash KB Computers, Inc. Thank you to KB Computers for sponsoring today's podcast. Yeah, I love the idea that it's person to person and not necessarily organization to person. Um, and I love that 
sense of responsibility, like personal responsibility. And when we're looking at kids graduating school, they have to have so many volunteer hours. So that would be a great website to like, okay, I'm going to hop on that. And hey, this old lady needs her leaves raked. Guess what, Gavin, you're volunteering for two hours, right? So um, I love that piece of it. And I think that thought process is probably the newer piece that I've heard since I've lived here as we're trying to connect generosity, not just financially, but just the time and talents that we have to, um, I mean, we've tried asset mapping. I don't know how many nice. times, yeah. but it's always been kind of organizational to yeah. group volunteers versus mm-hmm. person to person. So I love that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of asset mapping. I, Me too. I and I've been that. real frustrated that it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to see this new, this is a new spin on it. it so work. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I used to be a consultant of asset based community development. Uh, Aha! There it is. And so, uh, you know, I, d- I deeply believe that that's that we all have something to give. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other part is that, um, you know, we want to encourage kind of some mutuality in those kind of efforts. And ultimately, it's just what is it? Uh, what does it mean to be a community? Right. We're so divided. There's so much, you know, there's an old book called Bowling Alone. I don't know if you ever read that book or it's pretty big. I, you can just probably get the summary somewhere. Um, cliff note version. Re- read the back cover. Yeah, read the, the back cover. It's not That's that what I'm going to start doing. Kylie, is there a cliff note version to that book? I, I, I can give you the cliff note version is that people are more isolated today. Right. And so the idea is that like bowling alone, the title's clever because there used to be bowling leagues. I used to go, uh, what's that bowling lane in Alexandria? Uh, Norwood Bowl, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to go to Norwood Bowl, watch my dad bowl, right? And it was disgusting because everybody was smoking and it just was gross. Mm-hmm. But that's what I remember as a kid is going to that bowling alley all the time. Uh, my friend's mom was a great bowler. She pulled a perfect perfect game and we were back there playing in the arcade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that was how society, you know, people were just out more social, more outgoing. There's even a lot of stuff about air conditioning. Air conditioning brought people into their homes. Whereas before they'd go out to the mall or out to the movie theater just to get cool in the summer. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, so there's all these technological changes, obviously the internet and games and all this kind of stuff really drives us into our homes. And so the, as that has happened, there's this less, there's a decrease in this kind of mutual neighborliness. Right. And so, you know, I think, can we utilize those same tools to maybe inspire some neighborly, uh, goodwill and action. So curious as to how you and Michelle got together. So how, yeah. how did that match get made? It's kind of a Grant County story a little is bit, it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I went to her house because she was living with, uh, at that time in, I, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I was living, uh, or she was living with uh, my friend's fiance. Um, now they're married and they just had their first baby. And we were just there over the weekend. Um, but uh, I was a development director at a school. And so, I, and her, his fiance was one of my donors, uh, Amy. So she, Amy was a donor to our school and I was there to give an update on here's this project. We were buying a new campus, $10 million project. And we we're just trying to get everybody up to speed and here's what we we're working on. Um, and so Michelle, her roommate happened to be there and uh, she's a, uh, she doesn't, she didn't really immediately just buy all of my BS. She had a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of probing questions and just kind of, she just had this kind of like skeptical look and um, also very attractive and just charismatic, charming. And um, 
and I left the house and I called my foot, my friend, Jeremy. I said, Hey, Jeremy, man, Amy's roommate, uh, you know, she's pretty interesting. And he goes, not a chance. Dude. <laughs> so I'm also hearing you like a challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, it gets interesting from there. I, uh, so at their wedding, she makes fun of me for this. I gave her my business card <laughs> um, <laughs> because she's also from Indiana. So she grew up around Goshen. And, oh, okay. And so I said, Hey, you know, how about we, uh, you know, carpool sometime. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because Goshen is so close to Grant County. From Philadelphia, it's pretty close. Yeah. It's Indiana. Sure. Yeah. It's Indiana. <laughs> I mean, it's a 10 hour drive. I mean, so. yeah. it worked for him. It yeah. did so. work. I, I will give him that. Well, it didn't I work immediately. It. I think we did like three or four road trips together. And after the first one, I, I remember I was in West Philly. I'm driving. I remember exactly where I was. I'm in front of this gas station because, you know, I'm all nervous. I'm like, all right, we just had this like, really basically 20 hours in the car together. And I was like, well, I don't know how to make that happen again. I've got to reach out. So right, I don't want this to be a one-time date. I don't date. want it to just be one road trip. So I was like, <laughs> Man, I gotta, I gotta like call her. So I, I'm sitting there and I, I'm at a stoplight and I just call and then she doesn't pick up. So I leave a voicemail and I'm like, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, oh, um, I really had a good time. And you know, I'd like to like to do something like that again, you know, or whatever. Can you spend another 20, 20 hours with me? In the car. Uh, and, uh, she, she texted me back. She said, uh, she said, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the trip. Uh, I'm not interested in, in anything else or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so anyways, we did like a few more road trips and then I, and I was the kind of person I would come home maybe two times a year, three max. And uh, You're making up excuses. Every week. Right. Yeah. His parents are like, I don't care that she's just a traveling partner. We like her. Right. So she, she would go home like every month for like a birthday party or something. Somebody's having a kid or whatever. And, um, and so after like our third or fourth trip, she, she told me she was, she's, Hey, I'm going back to Indiana. Do you want to come along? And I'm like, look, Ooh, she invited him. Yeah, she did. But I said, look, I, like, unless you're interested in dating me, like, I just can't keep going to Indiana. <laughs> like, I, I'll do it for you, but I mean, uh, yeah. it's and a she, long trip. Well, and you know what she said back? You better not come then. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so, anyways, it just kind of went from there. And then uh, we were texting and texting all the time. And um, one night I, I sent her my phone bill. It has this chart. <laughs> and it shows, like, your monthly text usage. And it was like... In like July, it's like five text messages or something. <laughs> and then in like August, it's like 2000. And I said, that spike is you. <laughs> you <laughs> Can know? we date yet? Please? I'm, like, I'm like, so I don't, I don't know if this is normal for you that you just like are texting people at two in the morning, but I don't do this. And so like, if we're not going to date, like I just gotta, again, you know, like it's just kind of, I, I just can't, this is not normal for me. So, um, yeah, and then it was kind of funny. I tricked her into going to a concert in Nashville. So that's where she learned the like, trick. That was like our first date, I guess, theoretically. So um, we're actually heading back to Nashville this weekend for uh, kind of a similar concert. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was a long pursuit. But I was uh, gonna say it feels like she tricked people into being friends, and he tricked her into being a wife. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of wore her down. Wore her, wore her down. Yeah. Well, obviously, she was interested if she was, you know, she was enjoying yeah. the twenty hour trips because you don't spend twenty well, hours in a sure car with somebody a, that you don't like. I'm or not don't sure know. she was enjoying them. Um, 
she went on she additional was tolerating ones. them i think yeah she went on this well i also, mean she's very practical so to split the gas money like that's <laughs> yeah but if i don't language. like somebody it's worth the gas money to not be in the car with somebody that's true so Just i was probably saying. i was probably somewhere within that spectrum of like you were on higher so friend higher friend yeah. but not quite yeah. and she makes fun of me because i i am certain that in 10 hours in the car that that first trip or whatever we I'm certain that it was a dialogue, but she would tell you that it was a one-way conversation. <laughs> I feel like we need to have Michelle on yeah. now to defend you herself. Should. She's way more interesting. Her job is so interesting. She's a much more interesting person. Um, but uh, yeah, she would tell you that I only asked her one question. So her last name is Randolph and um, she's blonde hair, blue eyes. And I said, you're not by chance related to Zach Randolph. You did not. <laughs> did. Oh my God. That's the only thing you asked her, huh? That's what she would say. I, I am certain that I asked her many questions. We talked about all her travels and all this oh kind of stuff. Oh my God. That's hilarious. But yeah, she, she asked uh, her if she played basketball too, just, you know, because. I, I might have, but yeah, you know. So yeah, that was. Uh, all right, Michelle's on the list. Come in now. You're on the, yeah, she's, she's probably more private than I am, but yeah. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I really like your mindset around community and, and some of the practical things that you've done. Um, over the last few months, one of the things that I've been looking at is is our community as a whole. And the fact that since 1970, our population has been in decline. Um, every decade it's gone down, not dramatically, but you know, significant over that 50-year period of time. And I'm curious... Like, I think one of the factors in determining a healthy community is, is it growing or is it shrinking? And how do we get this growing again um, and attracting people? Any thoughts as somebody who's been here for, again, 18 months to 24 months? I mean, you've done some real practical things, but on a grand scale, anything that you have thought, man, this would be really good and this could help attract people to our community? Yeah, Um that's interesting. I mean, I, the decline itself is really interesting. Um, in Philadelphia, they were population there was declining until the last census. Um, or maybe it was one of those like mid censuses since I, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was in a steady decline as well. Kind of just the whole post-industrial, yeah. uh, gentrification of, or not gent what's the word I want to say? Suburban of suburbanification. Is that a word? Suburbanization. Mm -hmm. But as yeah. people kind of moved out, um, and as the manufacturing jobs left, then, you know, you're seeing that in you know, industrial cities all around the country. And Marion is, I think, I don't, I don't know, you know, how Indiana towns are, but to me, Marion seems like really one of the hubs of, of manufacturing historically here. Um, and so, you know, in Philadelphia, that's been a struggle is how do you, first of all, when you have declining population, you then have uh, collapsing housing stock. Right. You've got housing that's now vacant that there's just not a demand for. And so what does it you know, where does it go? What happens with that? And um, that's actually a lot of the stuff I did in Philly was dealing with vacant land, vacant housing. Um, I was involved in sheriff sales um, in Philadelphia. Um, I was you know, I just became very passionate about it because if you can convert um, a vacant lot or an abandoned house into something productive, then your state, it's a stabilizing force on the block. Yep. Whereas before, and there's all kinds of data on this before it was a, uh, you know, there's a real um, measurable negative impact for every vacant lot. And so um, one of my passions is really vacant land and how can we you know, be creative and, and revitalize vacant space. 
Um, and I think, uh, I, I don't know a lot about what's been going on in that front in Marion, but I, it seems to me that there was a big program that where they were doing, they were knocking down old houses and I know that they're selling vacant lots for $800. Um, so I've got some ideas. Uh, they're kind of sketched sketches of ideas, but you know, if we can, for me, working around vacant lots is something that, that I think is, um, uh, it brings stability, right? So that's, that's the thing. People don't want to move. You know, I mean, I was driving with somebody, I don't remember who, but I was in a car recently with somebody and they just made a comment about this, whatever block we were on and just how it, it just looks all you know, kind of, you know, busted up. And those impressions, I mean, I frankly uh, felt that way about Marion living in Fairmount. I used to think, man, Marion is just rough, you know, and those impressions, a lot of people don't have the the ability to see beyond, you know, all of that deterioration. And so I think for me, there's that visual component and there's that sense of, of a feeling that you have when you're in a space. And so I love, there's a lot of murals that I've seen going around and those really help kind of give you the sense that, Hey, there's people here, there's people working, there's people doing stuff, stuff. Um, I love, um, I love what Kayla Johnson and others are doing downtown and just all the events. We've been to several things that she does. I support everything Kayla does. Um, and I think she's like a little hero. Um, and all the, you know, just bringing people into downtown and, and having people engage in, you know, whether it's that concert that was in the alley a little bit ago was awesome. Um, I know I just heard the mayor talking about, uh, getting a park down there off of the river. I think that would be a big thing. Um, I, I don't know what the trend, what the trends are in terms of population here in Grant County, but I will say I'm very intrigued by just all of our immediate neighbors. Uh, let's see. So left and right of us and across the street, each house, all of them are remote workers. Um, three of them moved from out of state. And I think that's indicative of something that's changing. Um, so we've got, you know, really older people at the, at the sort of end of their career moving from out of state to Marion, these big old houses, um, and they're just working their jobs remotely. I mean, one, I think her job is out of Washington, D.C. Um, another one is actually her job is in Philadelphia, but she works here on Spencer Avenue. Um, and so I think that's something that to me has a lot of interest is how can we attract the kind of remote workforce? Mm-hmm. My theory, and I don't know if it's true, but my theory is that people want to live, most people uh, don't want to live in the country. A lot of people do. Some people really love that country life, but for the others, you know, you can go to a big city and have all the amenities of, you know, major sports, theater, concerts, all that kind of stuff. Um, But other than those big things, most people just want community. They want, you know, to be able to walk to a a restaurant that they like, a coffee shop that they like. Um, They want to be able to go to the store. I remember growing up, living out in the country, it would take us half an hour to go to the grocery store just to get there. You know, people, I think a lot of people just want to be able to go five minutes away to the grocery store. So I think there's a lot of, um, I think the future for small towns like ours is actually pretty bright. I think remote work is going to be a positive for Marion and for other towns like this. Um, So yeah, for me, that's kind of, you know, so what, what does that group of people want? What do they need? How do you, how do you build a, an environment that maybe supports what they might want to do? Um, and so I think a lot of what's happening downtown is, is really important to that. Um, 
you know, I think at the same time, you know, keeping the manufacturing going, you know, it's, it's both, right. There's not, it's not like we're going to jettison one thing for another, but um, in terms of where growth is coming from, you know, yes, if we can get manufacturing jobs, great. But what's, what's really interesting is there are millions of jobs that can be done remotely. So how do you bring that workforce here? Um, That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, and I think, you, you said you're a theory, it's a theory and you don't know if it's true or not, but I think there is some at least capitalistic value to that when you see all these different dollar generals popping up. <clears throat> They're kind of the neighborhood five yeah. minute away grocery store that you can run to um, and grab a gallon of milk and yeah. a loaf of bread or for my kids, it's like, oh, I've got a project due tomorrow. Well, we can't drive because I live in Converse. We can't drive to Marion or Kokomo without it being a half an hour. So I'm like, well, let's go to the dollar store first. Let's see if it's there. If it's not, then we'll go into town. And so um, seeing those opportunities, you know, Sweetser has one now. Swayze has one now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kylie talked about uh, the neighborhood's kind of store for you guys is the family dollar and you know having a cvs nearby and those kinds of things are important and while our dream is that those would be locally owned family businesses Mm. um they corporately they're meeting a need that is designed Mm. in that kind of thought it's so interesting i i just realized that like a week ago because i was like (laughs) why are all these dollar generals coming up and they're the neighborhood store it's the yeah in philly they're called corner stores you know I used to go to a corner store just for all the little dumb stuff that, you know, hey, we need a roll of toilet paper or, right. you know, it's hot out. I want to go. They sold beer under the table there. Right. No tax. So <laughs> it was a dollar for a can of beer. Um, believe it or not, beer in Philadelphia it, at my corner store was cheaper than what they call soda or what we call pop out here. Right. Right. Uh, See, soda is the real word. But, you know, because they had this, they have a tax on soda. So I could go get a, like a 12 ounce can of Coke for like a dollar 25. I get a 12 ounce can of Budweiser for a dollar. So I would tell my council person, Hey, it's cheaper to buy beer because of this tax. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're encouraging drinking. Anyways. But yeah, like the corner store thing and that convenience piece, it's important. You know, it's absolutely, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. You forgot something like who wants to run into town. If I can just go, you know, a couple miles away, that's a huge help. Yeah. Um, So you've chosen to live here in Marion, you and Michelle, if you could live anywhere outside of Marion, anywhere in the world, where would it be? And, and I know you've chosen this, but second yeah. choice after this, where would that be? We've been traveling to Alaska. Um, really beautiful. And so I would probably, we like this little town called Girdwood. Uh, I don't know that I could live there. It's probably pretty rough in the winter, but yeah. man, <laughs> it's beautiful dark. in the summer. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know. We've just enjoyed that space. Um, but How'd I, you guys decide on Alaska I mean, and traveling and stuff? Because it's a state that I've only been through, never been to. Went through Alaska to where? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the North Pole? Like, what are Russia? you doing? Where were you yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. And why would you have to drive through Alaska to get to anything? Wait, let, let's hear the story. This is going to be good. Yeah, I can tell. No, I didn't drive through it. I was a little kid and we were flying to South Korea. And so... Anchorage was a stop on okay. on that. Uh, okay, where did that. you start from that the stop would be at Anchorage, Alaska yeah, to get to South my, Korea? My guess is Minneapolis. My okay. parent, my mom was in <laughs> Iowa at the time and my dad okay. was stationed in South Korea, so we flew through. Okay, that kind of makes more sense. But I <laughs> well, want to go the up there. Well, military, they've got a base up there, so. Yeah. 
and I want to go just to see the wildlife and stuff up there. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. So that's on my bucket list to get up there. I feel like there. you'd be the opposite of a snowbird, like live here in the winter time and fly to Alaska and live in there during the I'm summertime. Not, no, I don't think so. I'm not Mr. Snow, um, but it's just beautiful. If you get a chance, um, there's some great hikes. Like I'm not a mountain climber, but you know, I really tested my limits on a couple of big hikes <laughs> out there and, um, and it's just great when you've worked that hard and you get on top of this this mountain and you have this 360 degree view. There's something about it. The air is so crisp and it's um, it's just great. Like yeah. you know, and you're there's also this um, adrenaline rush because you are afraid you might get eaten by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I imminent mean, danger is always. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. I mean, and I, there's millions of. I mean, the United States has so much beautiful yeah. landscape. Make but, it hike um, faster. We just yeah. really enjoyed that and. Um, it, the reason behind it was Michelle's got very aggressive travel goals. Yeah. So I think it's, um, I, I'm ashamed that I don't know her goals exactly. I think it's <laughs> like 50 countries. She's, she's gone to, I think it's like 50 countries or might've been 60. It's, she's traveled everywhere. And then she hadn't hit all the States. So Alaska was her last state. Um, and so that was what got us there. Yeah. yeah. Kylie, where would you, if you couldn't live in Marion, where else would you live? Mm. I think I would probably pick, uh, I really like the Midwest. I think I would pick um, Northern Michigan. Yeah. Um, I like being kind of central in the country and, you know, they've got a lot of, uh, you know, the hiking and water and all those kinds of things without the necessarily the, the prices of the coasts and things like that. So Yeah. Alicia. So, Three places come to mind for oh, she's, me. She's got a list. I have a list. <laughs> and they all kind of come together, I guess, in one place. But um, when I was in London, oh, yeah. I instantly thought I can live here. Everything's walkable. Everything's short person friendly. Like, I love this place. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're only five foot tall, there are some things that are very important. Is Marion short person it friendly? It is not. Okay. <laughs> the U.S. in, in general ways? is not short person friendly. So steps are closer together. <laughs> Um, furniture is smaller, doorways are smaller, um, because it was, you know, it's it built on built an a island long time ago. for horses. And so everything's just smaller. <laughs> I hate you all. Um, <laughs> been there. Um, I loved Edinburgh, Scotland, cause that's I've where my family I've never heard anyone from. say that they would want to live in. I mean, I've heard lots of people say like, oh, I could live in London. The reason has never been because the, short person the steps are shorter. <laughs> that's part of it though. Some of the things I, that I you, think about, you, like. You feel seen. It's I don't know. Like I don't have to think about things that I have to think about here. Like I love that it, you think differently. Hard. I think this is awesome. I, I can appreciate it a little bit. I was I was at Walmart the other day getting um, just a little some, bit, just throwing Clorox that short wipes. thing in there. I was I was trying to get the Walmart brand of Clorox wipes, and they were high up on the shelf. And I was just and thinking to myself. You know, at least you could never get there. And you, yeah, you, I climb you the things pay. or I take Gavin with me because he's taller. <laughs> it's, it's a short person It's tax. seriously an it's issue. I hate all of you guys okay. now. <laughs> so London, Scotland. Scotland. And then uh, so North Carolina, like the Asheville, Greenberg, Greensboro area. Um, I grew up in North Carolina for a while and it has that feel that Scotland has. Um, so if I was to stay in the States, it would be back to kind of the Western side, Western mountain side of North Carolina. Yeah. Fascinating. How about you? I have not been there yet, but I, two places, I would think New Zealand would be really cool. Mm. 
And I would think that Greece would be really cool. Yeah. Those would be two countries that I would say. My dad liked Greece living. when he was in the Navy. Yeah. That's really pretty. I heard okay. Well, we have made it uh, 46 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we haven't talked at all about like what brought you back. You're the, the job you're doing now. So quickly, you want to tell us about the work you do and, and all yeah. That. A shameless I, plug, of course. Shameless plug. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I run a little lawn care company on Miller Avenue called Greenway Lawn and Tree Services. So <laughs> if you have weeds, give us a call. <laughs> and tell us about trees. And if you have problems with your trees, if you have bagworms or leaf spot <laughs> or anthracnose or and you know who can trim them if that's a issue oh yeah if we if you need them trimmed it's not us (laughs) but yeah sure but yeah we're just here serving customers in grant county and we've also got a location in greenfield and so um yeah we've been uh, owned by a family friend of ours and um his mom was my babysitter in alexandria and uh so we've been you know family friends for my whole life um and um yeah, he gave us a call and said, hey, uh, could you come run this company? And um, yeah, it's been great. I actually really enjoy um, the opportunity to, you know, growing up with my dad running a lawn care company, um, one of the things that really impacted me was, you know, a lot of times the people who work in the green industry or, um, you know, it's not always like someone's first choice, right? So sometimes they've had difficult things in their in their life and their career options are limited or whatever. And, um, I used to just love seeing how my dad would interact with his employees and seeing how they had, you know, really found success and, you know, found stability through this work. Um, and you know, it was, it took me a long time, but one day I just realized my dad is more or less, he's like a pastor Mm -hmm. to, to his guys. And, um, you know, there was a, I just, I remember so clearly there was this guy that I had, I kind of was like, I admired him. I was like, you know, 10 years old. And this guy, this was in the eighties. So he had a, he had a perm, he had a Camaro, he wore a gold chain. So eighties. He had a lot of tan, you know? Um, and, uh, one day the guy was leaving my dad's office in tears. And I thought, man, he, my dad must've yelled at him. And I, I asked him later, I said, Hey, what was, what was this guy crying about? He said, well, you know, he's having problems with his marriage. So we were just talking about it. And I was like, man, that's like, I just never knew that like people would come to you to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so I really, um, that stuck with me. And so when the opportunity came to work in that same line of work, I, um, I, in many ways, I mostly I'm, you know, one of my guys is calling me right now, you know, and I just really love the opportunity to invest in them and try to support what they're doing in their families. And, um, you know, I was with a guy this morning, he's newly engaged and, you know, they're just trying to get started. And so it's a pretty great space to be able to, um, you know, help people as they're getting off in life. And then it's fun too, to work with our customers. Honestly, our customers, you know, they, they want this little paradise in their yard. And so, um, and it matters. It's, it's weird, but um, when your yard doesn't look the way you want it to look, it's just frustrating. But when it, when it's orderly and, and it, kind of aligns with your vision then you know you have this sense of calm and, and, and relaxation and you know I use I like to word use the biblical word shalom all the time and so I think about it as you know we're helping people you know kind of much like I was doing in that park in Philadelphia just whatever little spot of light, land you've been given being a good steward of that and and really uh, enjoying that for all that you can so 
Um, that's kind of the work that we do and it's fun. It's hard. It's, this has been a crazy couple of years for small business and particularly in the green industry costs are through the roof on fertilizer and, you know, labor mm -hmm. costs are challenging. There's all kinds of, it's just a tough season. Um, but you know, we've actually done really well and, um, I think our customers are satisfied. I hope so. <laughs> we're, we're enjoying that. That's awesome. So we always ask right before we end, what are you reading, watching, listening to other than where we landed? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, again, the, the list is very long. Um, I've probably got a million books that are a third read. Um, <laughs> like but me. I just finished a book on marriage yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the new rules of marriage. Um, and it's, it's okay. It's interesting. Um, I just, uh, am starting a book called evicted. It's about mm. eight families who, uh, are in, in the eviction process. Um, I read the Chronicle Tribune, try to read it every day, but Monday, which I find weird. I don't know <laughs> why the paper doesn't come out on Monday, but anyways, um, I do listen to <laughs> Grant, good morning, Grant County every morning. Uh, it's, uh, I, I really enjoy it. I think, um, big fan of all things local. So I like to local news to me is kind of my, um, you know, I, I follow national politics, but I really, really love to know what's happening um, locally. Um, the other one with that is Rashard Tyson channel 27 news on Facebook. I'm not really on Facebook, but I have his videos page saved as a browser favorite. So I just <laughs> click on it about once a week to see if he's got a new thing up. Um, but I really love what he's doing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan, for joining us. It was great to hear more about your story. I feel like we could have, I've got 10 more questions, but uh, we've already gone a little bit long. So uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you're listening at home or on the road, like, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Thank Bye. you. See you. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.